if one day we can rent some space in a hotel and just have a big circle jerk. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the new poop for you. Hey, everybody. This is Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Uh, welcome back for another shorty episode. Um, if you want to, I'll, I'll like put it on there in all caps. You can go back and find the one where we first introduced these shorties if you kind of want to know more about what they're about. But otherwise, it's a little nugget as engineering for your week. You know, just to keep you satisfied in between long breaks. Just, you know, so you don't pig out on the weekend. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, the next one is one that you put on here. What is it? Uh, the bullet says, writing honestly is hard. Oh, this is, we can do this without being political. I think that's a quote from you. <sighs> kind of, though. It's still in that, like, dense space. Whatever, we'll try it and see what happens. Uh, we were, yeah, when we were talking, uh, we were just talking about, like, ways to promote podcasts and podcasting and writing, because, like, we've both been writing a lot, which, as we both enjoy, and, uh, and I was realizing how... Uh, or no, I know what you're talking about. You were telling me about the new a new podcast you're listening to. Oh yeah, to. the so the New York New York Times has a new podcast. I think it's new. I think they've only been doing it for a couple of weeks called The oh, Daily, Daily, where this podcast producer just it's like 20 minutes long, and he talks about he he interviews reporters that are currently working on stories in specific realms, right? Mm-hmm. So like the day after the Supreme Court decision about the immigration order, he had the New York Times legal reporter who's working on a piece for the newspaper about the thing. And I feel like in 20 minutes, I get like, what I said to you was, I feel like in 20 minutes, I get two hours of readings worth of knowledge in. Totally. I uh, I think what we hit on with that, because we're always talking about how podcasting feels like this new form of uh, information sharing. Like, it's kind of radio. It's kind of news. Like, you're getting... There's lots of podcasts all over. There's, a lot of them are, like, creative storytelling, too. But I there's this layer to it that I like where you have these, like, casual conversations with people. That tends to be a lot of the types of podcasts I listen to. And they still might be, like, journalists or scientists or people who are trying to share good information. But just because you've moved from written word to spoken word... I, all of a sudden, as a listener, get this like extra level of meta-analysis about what you're saying. I can read intonation in your voice. You're kind of forced to say things on the fly rather than to sit and write them and edit them. And my realization was that like even, even really professional journalists who are trying to just present information in a way that's useful to you uh, and is non-biased and non-editorializing... They still, they still have to like make decisions, and their shit still gets confused from what is the truth that they're thinking. And when you're talking, I can kind of hear like in a written article, you might decide that you're, you've just, you might decide that you've, uh, you agree with some particular angle of a story you're telling, and you might present it that way. And I'm going to read it and be like, oh well, this journalist did all this research and decided that they were on this side of this argument. But in a conversation, I'm going to hear your voice, and if you are even like only 75% sure, I'm going to kind of pick that up. And so you get the subtlety with information sharing that I think is is much more valuable. Right. And, well, and when you're writing, I feel like writing that lacks a, sort of an authoritative tone is it's just harder to consume or harder to be interested in or, or I don't know, something. 
than when you're having an interview with somebody and you ask a question that has a lot of vagary to it. And that person goes, well, you know, it's a complicated topic, yeah. but right. Cause it, like, there was so much data it. communicated to you in that little bit of hemming and hawing that I did that right. just isn't in writing. But, and so I think and your statement it. about it's hard to write honestly is hard because it's how do you put words into a sentence that convey that density of like, yeah. oh, what this guy's about to say should be taken in this context. It's really hard to do that honestly, right? To write in a way where you're like, well, I don't right. know everything, but here's what I got. It's another reason why writing, we've reached a point with information sharing and knowledge and consumption and news and whatever, where things are just more complicated than they've ever been in history. And just reading stuff doesn't get the job done anymore. I can't just make decisions on facts because there just aren't facts for most of this stuff. It's like big topics. Like what the hell do you do with China trade in China? So do you think it's easier to be dishonest if you're writing than it is to be dishonest if you're speaking to someone? I think so. It's much easier. It's because it's just, it's I'm a trying layer. not to say the word lie. No, I, that I agree with you. Malicious, right? I think disingenuous word, would probably be a better uh, word, right? I am all for people using the word lie because the media is a bunch of fucking pussies right now. They don't use that word when people are lying. Anyway, uh, I well, I think if you look at writing and recording, like uh, like what we're doing, podcasting, and then video, I think, yes, it's much harder to work those ways up. Like if you're just like, for instance, phone calls, it's hard for me to read people when I'm on phone calls with them. But when I'm in person, like conversation flows easier. You get all these other cues. And so... This is the problem. This is the problem with it's going political, but this is the problem with politicians. They're really good at being in front of you and you can't read whether or not they're telling you the truth. If I go in front of a group of people, I'm going to be like nervous and awkward and weird. And you're going to be able to tell how I'm feeling when I'm answering questions and saying things. And that is good. That's not bad. We don't want people to hide those things. You need to be straightforward and honest to share information correctly. Well, so, so here's where it's, it's political again, but uh, who cares? So, Recently, at least as of the recording of this, there have been a bunch of headlines that I've seen about these uh, Republicans trying to hold town halls that are falling apart because protesters won't let them stay on message. They keep asking them questions about things they weren't prepared to talk about. Mm -hmm. So what you're happening like you these politicians are getting forced into a scenario where they have for years pretended that they're having this real time dialogue with their mm -hmm. constituents by having these town halls. But. I've I've never gotten a feeling from one of them that wasn't just like, yeah, that was all bullshit. They're prepared. Like, Everything's prepared. I'm trying really hard not to accuse them of, I don't want it to sound like they've got paid protesters, right? Like, I'm just saying the vibe I have always gotten off those town halls is I don't take them seriously. And now what I'm seeing is people are shouting questions and demanding an answer to a question. And the politicians are going, ah, ah, and they're literally running out of the room surrounded by police. Like, that's a very different vibe than what I used to get off of town halls. And it seems like they don't know what to do with a dynamic, real-time, sustained conversation. And that's kind of what a podcast is. like. I wonder if this shift in desire from like famous people has come in part due to like reality TV and reality stars being humanized through social president. media. Uh, right. I mean, it's certainly not the first time that that's happened. We've had, we've had, uh, it was a movie we've star, had right? movie stars, but, uh, I think this, there's this, it seems like there's this desire for people to be more honest and more like real with you. 
And if you look, it's certainly, certainly that's how I feel. And I think that's how a lot of people I know feel. I don't know if it's generation, if it's socioeconomic, whatever. But when you look at like the candidates that were running for president, that was basically just how I was making my decisions on stuff. Who seemed like they were right. being genuine? I want well, genuineness so this, in people. This actually relates to something that I think I was trying to bring up when we were talking about podcasts with, Bo- with Boris and Diable, but it didn't really go that direction. Like, there's a component of what you're talking about, like getting a, a sense of who a person is or whatever, that is like the extent to which you feel a certain way about a person is only going to increase the more communication you have with them. And so I have these podcasts where I've listened to these guys talk for like 300 hours about topics to the point that it's like, you just can't sustain a bullshit stance for that long. Like you can't politician an interaction. That's 300 hours of talking. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident. I know how Joe Rogan feels about certain things. And when he goes, <laughs> I looked at this and I think it's bullshit. It means a very different thing to me than just if somebody I don't know is declaring that a thing is bullshit. Yeah, that's a frustrating thing about uh, about modern politics, too. I, th- I get the impression that there used to be a period of time where there were, like, respected people in the world. And when they said things, people kind of just took them as well this well-respected intelligent thoughtful person has this opinion i'm going to kind of trust it and nobody has that feeling anymore i know i i know i suffer from that i don't trust anything anyone says to me uh which is useful in the sense of like well fact check it the facts are available but it's not useful in the sense that there are too many things going on for me to fact check them all right there's too many i don't i can't know about everything i need trustworthy people who can tell me their aggregators we need we need like algorithms by which we process this stuff. Right. And they're vastly complicated and they're generally run by people's brains because they're that complicated. (laughs) Right. But it is essentially just this idea of like, how do you look at a thing, assess that it's worthwhile and how you think about it. And then you tell someone else that, right. I mean, that's what journalists were Mm -hmm. and still are, but like, I feel like we don't know how to fit that into a place where the, the media delivery mechanism is so vast and immediate and where I get fired up and I always have felt this way and intermittently I don't so much, but then I come back to feeling it this way is like for all that the lying and fake news, the internet has allowed it's stressful. And the only answer that ends up not being stressful is authenticity and if we don't kill ourselves, I think the answer that we fall back on, I mean, if we don't have conflict and kill one another, the answer that everyone will ultimately fall back on is, you know, the easiest answer is just not to lie ever. <laughs> like, and sure. just, I, then I never have to worry about getting caught in a lie. And then I never have to, it's, it's Alexis Ohanian, the founder of Reddit talks about this a bunch. Um, go who's. He uh, <laughs> he was in my class in college. Like that guy, right on. Um, he talks a lot about the internet airing, uh, ushering in this age of authenticity where mm-hmm. everybody just values like, yeah, that guy's not full of shit as, yeah. as the yeah. most important thing out there. And 
And I think what he sees is there's this layer of people that are doing well by lying, but underneath it is this giant sea of pleasant communication and supportive communities that you don't hear about. And they all are united by how much they love Josh Groban and they don't help. They don't care how much anyone <laughs> knows or whatever. And they're all buddies. And you just don't hear about it because they're not mobilizing to hurt other people or right. whatever we want to talk about on the news. And, and it's, and it's built on this bedrock of authenticity. Um, and I think you attain that form of authenticity through just continued dynamic communication, right? It's like, I think, the fans of Joe Rogan's podcast are this strange, cohesive unit. But I feel like the bond that you have with somebody, if you see somebody else who likes that podcast, is probably pretty solid. What's <laughs> up, bro? <laughs> it's like fish fans. You know how much fish music it took <laughs> to create that community? Hours and hours and hours. <laughs> and I sometimes that was just one song. Fish bootlegs. Because <laughs> I think the idea, like the that sustained communication idea, right? Like what we did is we set up channels between people that are immediate. Like we set up portals where I can just be like, bloop doop doop Now I'm in direct communicate. I'm in as direct communication as I can have with Brian's brain through this portal. Like it's still, it comes back to the same thing of the single most, the, the most effective way right now, the most effective way for me to put my ideas in you and let you ask questions about them so we're clear on what those ideas are and then let those ideas propagate is mm -hmm. the video chat that we're doing right now. Yeah, is to talk to each other. Right. And, and writing think... was just an intermediary for that. Yeah. And we've cut out a... Now we have a chance... Now we have a place where it's like, okay, we want journalists because I want to know what you think. But I also want to know that you're not full of shit. Like one of the reasons I like Vox, although it's frequently trumpeted as ultra left to the point it of is. being worthless. Seems like it is. <laughs> but I listen to Ezra Klein's podcast. He's the editor of the whole thing and the founder of the whole thing. And I've listened to him interview people and ask them questions about policy and politics and whatever for like a hundred hours. I got a really good sense of where his head is in terms of mm -hmm. how he thinks about the world, what he's trying to do. And at this point, if he says, I like this, this is how it should maybe be. Then I'm more inclined to be like, yeah, he's probably right. Which yeah. I guess is how I would feel about a writer that I was consistently reading their pieces and stuff. I guess that's another problem with, uh, with, uh, I almost want to say, I want to say younger people who are like finding their sources of information in the world. It's so scattered. You don't have the opportunity to, uh, uh get to know somebody like without right. only three news channels in the world, you're not, you don't get to know a newscaster who you then trust, regardless of what their spin is on stuff, right? So everyone's kind of like swimming in a sea of too many people and too many perspectives and without being able to establish trust. And so when we talk about this stuff, you frequently end up saying, uh, I don't want any editorial. I don't want, any, I just want to like, a, I just want to jack information into my brain. And then I will decide what I think of it. And so <laughs> when we talk about video chat being the best way to put ideas in you, like it, you can't have video chat all the time. I can't video chat with Ezra Klein to ask him questions, <laughs> but I can listen to his podcast yeah. and the extra data that's packed in the way that people say things mm -hmm. puts you closer to just like, okay, I yeah. can immediately contextualize the way you just said this. I know what to make of the data. Now I have the data. 
And so The Daily, which is a great podcast, you should check it out, is just this dude asks the writers about details of a case. Then he asks a little bit about what they think. And you can make what you want of it and then be on about your day. And if all you're looking for is, okay, I'm caught up, then that's a much better and more efficient way to do that while you're washing the dishes like than reading out of a newspaper. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, podcasts are... Something really special is happening with podcasts. And they're popping feels like up such everywhere. such a circle jerk when we talk up podcasts because we're on a podcast. <laughs> you know? That's not a circle jerk. That's just masturbation. <laughs> We'd have to have other podcasts. Right. When, we did, when we did the episode on podcasts with our buddies who have a podcast and talked about how great podcasts were, that was a square jerk because there were right. four of us. Four of us. Had we had... I'd say you need at least like how many? Yeah, fifteen people for it to be a circle, you know, to get rid of the the harsh edges. How many sided is the die? That's just a, just basically a sphere. The hundred hundred sided die. But you right. need to roll that on a really level table and roll it really soft, or it's not going to stop. So and if even if then, you it's wanted really to, have to like a, a a bucky ball jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that feels like a pretty good place to get out of this one. I don't yeah. even remember what we were talking about. So that's that's uh, this week's shorty. I don't a prefab outro feels weird, but let's own it. Own it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> thanks for, I hope thanks for listening enjoyed. to another one. I hope that shorty was good. I hope it wasn't too short. I hope it wasn't too long. I hope it wasn't too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thanks again to our backers on Patreon that help us out. And uh, rate and review us on iTunes, please. That's tell a friend. Super helpful. And and talk to us on the socials. We want to know what you think. And and uh, these these shorties exist because people said, Hey, what if you what if you did shorter ones? <laughs> okay. Mission accomplished. I, I'm Adam. I'm Brian. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Okay, and that one felt just stupid enough that I think we can run it every week and people will.